Welcome to another episode of New Grad Radio, a podcast which follows the experience of a new graduate nurse starting in the intensive care unit. But on this episode, I'm wanting to take take you all back to day three. So day three by myself in the ICU, I experienced my first airway emergency. Um, so yes, that is only day three um, by myself, and that was an interesting way to sort of start my to start my experience in my new in my new position. Um, so yeah, I'll sort of paint the picture a little bit. So I don't want to give too much away about the specifics of my patients within this podcast. I don't want to sort of cross the line with patient confidentiality or anything like that. Um, but the patient I had was a high spinal uh, spinal cord injury, um, he, which resulted in the patient being a tetraplegic. Um, he was being ventilated on what's called a spinal ventilator. So it's a different type of ventilator from the main um, vents that we have in ICU. Uh, it's the type that is able to be used on a spinal unit. So in other words, this patient has been put into the right direction to be able to then be discharged down to that specific spinal unit. Um, on assessment-wise, obviously he's not able to take those really big, deep breaths uh, that uh, others are able to take. So it makes it difficult for secretions uh, to be able to be cleared. Uh, so there's used, uh, the physios are obviously a major key player in that sense where they come in and they, they do a lot of bagging. So they take off the, uh, the ventilator um, from the trachea that he has. Um, to then put on the bag valve mask um, for which they the bag uh, and then perform vibes which are sort of like chest sort of thrusts in a way uh, which are hopefully going to to get rid of um, some some secretions between his lungs which is going to help his airway and breathing a lot more so the physios are in quite a lot throughout the day um, to, to help with that uh, this patient uh, I looked after, I actually looked after him on my very first shift so that was only two days prior uh, which that was an interesting shift in itself. Um, I was really working hard to try to keep up with you know, time management. Obviously, day one, it's, it's, it takes a long time to get most things sort of done, so I felt like I was just falling behind all day. But I came on day three already and more prepared. I knew who my patient was, and I knew a different sort of game plan to go in and be ready. Um, so as, I, as the shift was sort of progressing, um, there was one aspect there where the physios had sort of just left and I noticed on the ventilator that he started to what's called peak pressure. So peak pressuring is saying that there is a little bit too much pressure within his lungs when the ventilator is starting to push some air into it. So there's, there's some sort of resistance felt in, in some sense of the term. So I did all my, my basic checks of what I can do as a, as a nurse and you know what I sort of know at this sort of stage. Um, to, to see if everything's all connected properly, um, to make sure that he's not, obviously it's a tracheostomy, so he's not able to bite down onto the tube itself. Um, so that's one thing that that's gotten rid of. Um, just sort of seeing if anything I could see is out of the ordinary of why he could have been peak pressuring. But I notified the doctor, and the doctor sort of said, keep an eye on it. So it sort of just kept happening and sort of kept happening. So because um, it's alarms at you when it's happening. So obviously the ventilator's trying to tell me something. So I've gone back to the doctor pretty not too long after and said, oh, look, mate, it's, sorry, sir, but it's still still um, peak pressuring, uh, for which we had tried something else. And he'd been written up for some atrovent and salbutamol to sort of help if it was if it was a sense of um, you know, bronchospasm. Um, so I, I'd, I'd 
uh, administered some match events up in a mall, um, for which, okay, it sort of helped in the short term. Uh, and then I've, for what I thought would help in the short term, uh, and then we it comes time to, to turn my patient. So we get wardsmen into the, so they do their rounds. So obviously all ICU patients who aren't able to self-mobilise, we get wardsmen come in and they are the ones who physically turn the patient. Um, and then also you get another nurse in the room to be looking after the airway. So in my patient, Sam's had a tracheostomy, which is attached to a ventilator. So that nurse is standing at the head of the bed. She's holding on to the tracheostomy and the tubing, and she's the one calling the shots for, for when we're able to turn. So we've got in position. I'm making sure that all my equipment is all attached. The SATS probe is attached to the finger. So if anything was going to happen, it's most likely in this sense it's going to be A for airway and B for breathing. So SATS is going to be a major form of being able to monitor my patient. Um, and I've made sure that the screen is facing me for both the ventilator screen and the, and the monitor itself, um, as well as sort of for the, for the main airway nurse as well. So it's sort of facing a position that we can both sort of see the monitor screen. Um, so anyway, we've got all in position, one, two, three, ready to turn, we've turned, starting to clean up my patient. And the first thing I sort of hear is the, the monitor is starting to, to, to beep, beep, beep. And the ventilator is starting to alarm and alarm and alarm. Uh, it's starting to dump breaths because the peak pressure alarm is going. So what happens when you get too much pressure inside the lungs, the monitor sort of acknowledges this. And if you have too much pressure, it actually dumps the breath. So now my patient isn't getting any air or any oxygen, um, as well as my, my sats are starting to really come down fairly quickly. And my I can sort of see um, from where my, my, my nurse is saying, oh, geez, okay, here we go. Um, that my patient, I'm starting to look at my patient, you know, he looks like he is in distress. So I've looked straight at my patient and he's not in a good way. Um, so what we've done is we've detached the ventilator, we've attached the, the bag, um, the bag valve mask, as you'd say, straight onto the tracheostomy. We're starting to bag for the patient, um, which my airway nurse is starting to say there's a bit of resistance. So immediately starts are still starting to come down fairly quickly. So we start to look around for the for the emergency button. Now this is now at a, it's an airway emergency. So the wardsmen are there, I'm there, the airway nurse is there, none of us can see the button. Now this is just, oh, I felt so bad. And we were all just like, oh, where's the button, where's the button? It felt like an eternity, but in real, in real sense, it's probably only two or three seconds. So what I've done is I've rushed to the door, I've looked out, and thankfully there was doctors literally just outside and said, guys, we need your help in here right now. So they've come in straight away. All of a sudden, this emergency button has obviously been pressed and starts to alarm. So now all the doctors start to come running. I go over to my patient and I start to bag my patient. And I can feel that there is resistance there. Um, so the doctors all run in and I give them a bit of a, a handover of exactly what, what's happened. Um, so then they start doing their assessments. As I'm sort of standing there, just sort of, sort of shaking away, just sort of taking and just breathing for my patient, breathing for my patient. Um, and they all start to set up for a bronchoscope. So they want to put a little piece of equipment down the tracheostomy itself into the lungs to sort of see if there's any sort of obstruction, um, for which they have done so. So I've gone to stand at their head end um, and stabilise the, the tracheostomy for the doctor who was then placed down this bronchoscope into the tracheostomy um, to have a look inside, for which they have then suctioned up quite a large amount of secretions from the left main bronchus 
and almost immediately you could see that the saturations have drastically increased, in, improved, and the patient looks a lot more calm, and it sort of settled the, it settled the emergency, I guess you would say. So that's, that's majorly what's happened, and that's the reason why it was peak pressuring before, because there was some secretions within that main, main, left main bronchus, which is obviously impairing oxygen, um, oxygenation to the patient. Um, so anyway, so it all happened so quickly, um, and it was so great to see the quick response from the doctors and the doctors taking charge, showing that leadership, coordinating the team. Everyone had their role. Everyone knew exactly what they were doing. Even me being a grad nurse, you know, just standing there bagging and helping to stabilise it. Everyone was used um, in such a useful way. Uh, it's obviously unfortunate that this has obviously had to happen, but um, it, it was a good, it was a great learning opportunity. And, and things I've taken away from it. Um, obviously, I've gone to every single bed space now, and every single shift I start, one of the first things I look for is going to be the emergency button. Um, I sort of got caught out a bit there, and everyone sort of got caught out a bit there in a, in a sense. Um, but especially when that that adrenaline hits and that emergency really comes on, it's it's a bit hard to think as clearly as what we would like to. But uh, it, it worked out exceptionally well, and I obviously know that for the future. But the other sense is I'm actually pretty. Whilst it was scary, and whilst I felt a little bit useless, I didn't know, you know what what medications to draw up or what exactly how and what was going to happen. I felt good that I was able to use my skills from you know, emergency and, and from paramedics to go straight back to my primary survey uh, and not to really look at the, the monitors. I was looking at it first, so it's really looking at your patient. You know, what is your patient looking like? You can ding in as much as you want, but you know, is my patient in respiratory distress, for which, yes, he very much was, uh, and then to make sure the equipment is, is saying the right stuff, and for which it wasn't. So. Uh, I'm happy that I was able to detach, able to bag my patient and and respond in a way that I'm I'm super proud of. Um, so whilst you can, I was obviously feeling a bit bit silly, I didn't know exactly what was happening. I was able to still be pretty pretty proud of myself that it all worked out. It was a good learning opportunity. So I hope this experience has sort of helps. The 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 outline of what this podcast is really all about is to just again have a play by play of exactly you know how I felt and sort of what's happened. As I'm sort of doing it, there's a lot of information out there on, you know, obviously exactly how it's supposed to be done. But I was wanting to share, you know, this is this is me coming straight from uni, doing pretty well with my paramedics and my nursing degree itself, and feeling feeling pretty confident to go straight into a nice use replacement. But it's one thing to to read about it all and to go from theory, like I say, I like to sort of do. But it's another thing to really, you know, experience it for yourself and to start putting it into real practice. So. Expect heaps more, heaps more to come, and I hope you like it. And I'd love some feedback as well. So, have a good one. And I'll talk soon.